guys. Welcome to Touch by Prayer. That's right. We finally got on because God is good. God is just good. That's all I can say. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I hope that you guys are excited. I have such a great show for you tonight. I have Nick Padovani. He is in the house. We are going to talk about one of my favorite, favorite, favorite books of the Bible, Song of Songs. That's right. If you guys have been following me, then you definitely want to go ahead. Let's just see who is in the chat. We're going to look. We ah, I got my D-Live party going on. If you do not follow me, these are the places you can follow me. You can follow me at Touch by Prayer, where we do put a link for Touch by Prayer. And we will start be putting a link for uh, Crown Chats as well. That is my morning devotional. Um, also, YouTube, Touch by Prayer TV. Please hit the subscribe button. Make sure that you share it with your friends. Go to the D Live dance party. That's right, Touch by Prayer, where you can go and dance with other uh, fellow patriots and lovers of Jesus, and we can go and have some fun. Make sure that you subscribe to my D Live button. I am so close to 200 followers. That's right, we're building. We are building. Also, welcome to Fox whole. That's right. It is my newest platform. I love the people at Foxhole. They have been so incredibly gracious and and I'm so excited to be here. Of course, I have my home, Cloud Hub Channel 131. If you're watching, thank you guys so much. You could also follow me on Instagram and Twitter, Touch by Prayer and Twitch. That's right, Touch by Prayer. So we got a lot of places that you can find me. You can find me all kinds of places. All right. So <laughs> my goodness gracious, what a what a uh, time and a battle that we've been having. So hold on to your hats because you know that whenever there is a battle, that means that there is a great show coming. That's right. That's right. Because if there isn't a battle, that means you're not over the target. And guess what? We are over the target. We are so over the target. In fact, how do I know that? Because all kinds of craziness is, in, is ensuing. So I'm just going to say something. All right, let me just see where we are. We are live. Okay, we are good. Okay, so without further ado, <laughs> I am bringing in Nick Padavati. Nick, welcome to Touch by Prayer. I am so excited to have you back on. You've been on a couple of times and you are such, you have such my heart. I love, love you. Love what you do. Love your ministry. Love your books. So welcome to Touch by Prayer. The love is mutual, Lisa. Thank you okay. so much. Thank you for having me on. This is such a blessing. This oh. whole show is a blessing. Oh, well, thank you. And, you know, it's, you know, what's so crazy is, um, you know, we, we've been having all kinds of technical issues, all kinds of crazy technical issues. And that just means that, you know, as I said, we are over the target. We are yeah. just over the target. So, so... How are things going with you? You you were able to write your third installment of Song of Songs. Now, Song of Songs for some people is just like, you know, few few chapters, go through it in and out. But you were able to turn it into three books. And I'm not talking small books. I'm talking substantial because there is so much meat in it if you get into it. Yeah. Yeah. I I planned on it just being one small book. <laughs> And as I, as I dove in, you know, the, the water looked, you know, looked beautiful and enticing, but it looked somewhat shallow. But as I dove in, it became this massive lagoon of glory that just kept opening up more and more. Mm -hmm. And I, uh, I had um, Dr. Brian Simmons, the lead translator of the Passion Which Translation. You know um, I love Brian. He, love him. He prophesied over me. He said, this is going to be three books. Come on. And I was like, 
I really don't think so. I mean, that would be, <laughs> that would be wild, but he, he saw something he felt, he did the forward for me for the first book and he just, he, he just had that sense. And, and, uh, yeah, this last book was a lot in getting into the eighth chapter, the seal and the fire. And it just, mm, it's, mm, mm, it's a whole journey. Okay. So there, there's so much to talk about because, and what's so great is that I saw that you were doing this. I was like, great. Okay. Let's have you on. So we kind of, we kind of found a, a quick date because, you know, this was just one of these like, Hey, what you doing? <laughs> hey, what you doing? Cause I had a cancellation and I was like, Ooh, call Nick because that's basically how I roll. It's like the Lord's like contact Nick. I'm like, okay, I'm going to get Nick. So <laughs> What's so funny is that what you just wrote is where the journey I'm on right now, mm. which is becoming the bride. Mm -hmm. That's really where the whole church is. Because yeah. I, I think I even shared with you that um, during our pandemic, you know, that um, there, there was something that happened. And that is that, unfortunately, a lot of churches, well, what I heard the Lord say is that the church has died. Mm. But rising up in its place is the bride. Because mm. I kept hearing, here comes the bride. Yeah. Here comes the bride. Yeah. You know, and she's all dressed in white. Hello. Mm. Purity. Pure linen. Purity. Purity. Spotless. Yeah. Spotless. And so when you read Song of Songs, you know, there are so many things that um, that you see and, and you read in Song of Songs, especially it, it says, turn your eyes from me for I am dark. And that's like one of those visuals that as, um, especially as a woman, like you get that, especially mm -hmm. if you, you're, you know, you're uh, uncomfortable with go getting into an intimate situation with someone, you know, it's like, okay, everything, everything needs to just don't look, <laughs> don't, yeah. you know what I mean? Because, yeah. And she just, she could feel the, um, the gaze that, that just didn't look at her exterior but was looking at her interior. Right. And that's where I believe that the gaze right now of the Lord is mm -hmm. upon the church because he is going to walk the bride down mm -hmm. the aisle at the mm -hmm. great wedding supper. So why don't we talk just a little bit, let's talk just a little bit about um, who you are so you can tell everybody and uh, let's, uh, and then we'll we'll get into the book. What do you think? Sounds yeah. good? Sounds okay. great. Yeah. All right. So there well, you go. I'm going to let, this is just for you. So I'm going to, I'm going to bow down. Yeah. Well, I am uh, a resident of the garden state and I'm a pastor here in Northern New Jersey at the Almond Branch. That's the name that the Lord gave our, our community a couple of years ago. We changed our, the name of our church to the, uh, the imagery of the almond tree. Almond uh, in the Hebrew is the word for awake or having your eyes opened. And, um, and that is the uh, mandate. And the, the calling God placed on us is just a, an equipping center, a place that would be a, a refuge and, a, and a, an outpost for awakening, to open up people's eyes to the fullness of who they are as God's purchased bride, his beloved, his, his glorious crown jewel. And so I get the privilege of being a pastor in an awesome church community where we actually believe this stuff and we're growing in it together, growing in the knowledge of our identity. And, uh, and it's amazing. But more than that, I'm a husband, my wife, Kelly. Um, I don't know if she's watching right now, but she's she's home with our two girls, Annabelle and Morgan. I have a seven-year-old, Annabelle, and a, 
And a five-year-old tomorrow, Morgan Grace, turns five. Wow, that's the number of Grace, isn't it? She turns five tomorrow. And uh, so anyway, I'm a very blessed individual, very thankful. God has been very, very, very good to me. Came out of a very rough, dark place in life, addicted and overthrown by all kinds of drugs and Eastern meditation. And I found Jesus in a dorm room at 18 years old in Long Island. He just, his presence came into the room and wrecked me and changed my entire life and uh, set me on a collision course with his grace. And uh, so that's a little bit about me. Yeah, I am. Well, um, I think yeah. you're pretty awesome. So I'm a little partial, but. <laughs> and your girls are beautiful, as is your wife. And I'm I'm so excited about what God is doing because he has really, he's been doing some some cool things. And right before like the, the pandemic, we got to go and hang out with uh, Tyler Johnson, who we yes. both love. And we yeah. went into New York City and we started to do some stuff. So so when we all get together, it's a big Jesus love fest. And so yeah. that is that is basically um that's why I just I just love you because I I can I can totally I can hang with you because we can yeah. we can go out and do Jesus things together. Oh, <laughs> uh, we love when you visit us, Lisa. Right? Come back again soon. So much. I would love to. I would love to. Okay. So let's get into this because th this is where we are. Th I mean, really. Yeah. Let, let's this book that you just wrote. It's so for such a time as this, like we are, we're in this, this whole like Esther moment and we're in this, we're in the Deborah moment and the women are rising up and, 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 and song of songs really is the greatest yeah. love story. Yeah. So song of songs is, is the greatest love story ever foretold. Yeah, because it foretold of, of a great love offering being poured out. And then, of course, we have the cross, the crucifixion, which yeah. was the greatest love story ever shown. Yeah. It's the myrrh. It's mm. the myrrh over her heart. Is mm. the, the myrrh is that symbol of his suffering love. And the whole book surrounds that that uh, that message of the cross. Yeah, I am. Um, I, I discovered this book. Lisa, and I, and I might have shared this in the past, but um, real quick, just to share how the sure. Lord brought me to it, because it wasn't something I was looking for. I wasn't thinking that all of this amazing, life-changing, transforming revelation was going to come out of this, this love poetry from the Old Testament of all places. Um, but I was getting rocked about 10 years ago, 11 years ago now, in, in this message of identity. And God was speaking things to me that was very hard to take in and very hard to believe about the fact, first of all, that I'm not dark, that at my core, I'm not a sinner because of the cross, that the cross has cut away that sinful nature. And that's a past tense thing. God has already dealt with the sin issue at the cross. The key is waking up to that, believing it, having faith. But I was having a hard time like getting that through my religious matrix in my head. And so the Lord led me to um, the Song of Songs and started to show me the gospel laid out as a in a parable in what I believe is the greatest parable of all. God speaks in parables. Jesus showed up and at one point while he's ministering on earth, all he does is talk in parables. So it should come as no surprise that he would give to us the, the, the core essence of his heart and the message that he wanted to bestow upon humanity in a parable in a story about this maiden from Jerusalem who meets the shepherd who turns out to be the king. And, and so God opened up my eyes and confirmed the message of identity through the Song of Songs 
about 10 years ago now. And it's, yeah, it's just an incredible book. If you want to dive in more into who God has made you to be and who he is, his heart, it's got everything. Oh, it, okay. So this is, this is the thing I've been there. I, I've been doing this morning broadcast called crown chats, which is mm-hmm. discussions from a heavenly perspective. Yeah. And um, I've kind of been bathing. I do mean bathing um, in Song of Songs because as I say I'm bathing, I'm bathing in tears. I'm bathing in this this deep well that that Song of Songs carries. Mm -hmm. And so many people have said to me at one point, oh, you need to read Song of Songs. I'm like, yeah, okay. (laughs) Because a lot of people become very uncomfortable with some of the imagery and some of the things. But when you start to, and this is one of the things that the Lord really talked to me about, as he said, desire. The the book of Song of Songs is chock full of the desire of of Jesus for a bride. It's his desire, his love. And the Lord started to talk to me and he said, Lisa, he said, desire is not sexual. Mm-hmm. The world has made it that way, mm-hmm. but it's not. It's not that deep desire above all things to desire the good things. You know, we can desire to get a car. Yeah. It, it, it's, you know, we have to take that part of it and we have to separate it because I believe, and this is where my heart is, is how does a man Come to that understanding. So you and Tyler get it. Both you and Tyler so get Song of Songs and can see the beauty and can see Jesus in it and fall in love and be like, oh, but so many men are like, yeah, I don't know about that. (laughs) You know, and it really is about shifting that perspective and and saying this has nothing to do with sex. Yeah. You know, Lisa, I, I think honestly, it has to be a work of the Holy Spirit to get for this book to open up to any male or female, but especially mm-hmm. male. And and I think of Mike Bickle from the House mm-hmm. of Prayer, International mm-hmm. House of Prayer, his testimony about this book that God showed him in the 80s. I think it was in the early 80s that mm-hmm. this book was going to go across the whole earth and it was going to revolutionize Christianity. Mm-hmm. And, and he said to the Lord, like, Lord, I come, I think he said he comes from a family of boxers, like his father was a boxer. He's like, this is not. Not my mo here, you right, know. How right. God just touched his heart through the book, did it supernaturally. And Mike Bickle was, of course, a forerunner mm-hmm. of many others, Brian Simmons, and yes, uh, countless other ministries that have now by you know God, God hid the best wine for last, Lisa. You know, yeah. we, we are in the last days. Yes, and he's he's uncorking this 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 book that has been hidden under the cork of human. Uh, intimacy, human sexuality, that that's just the court. That's the mm-hmm. cover that, that and, it, and it has a fragrance in it. There's something mm-hmm. about all of these desires and th- these earthly things that's like, no, there's something underneath that. There's something deeper that you're made for. Mm-hmm. That, that if you would just uncork that, that awkward lid and peer into this book and its mysteries, you would be blasted by right? the intoxication of it. Okay, so this, uh, Ollie, we love you. I oh, love, Ollie. I, I know, I love Ollie. I've been he wanting to wonderful. get him on touch by prayer, but like trying to get him like pegged down is very <laughs> difficult. Lessons anyway. to that, brother. <laughs> but I love you. Okay, so, but this is this is the thing. Um, uh, there's a, I want to get to this one thing because um, it, uh, it really, 
it just really gets me. And it is, hold on. And it's in, of course, um, it's in the Passion Translation because is there any other translation? I mean, just seriously, is there? I mean, have you found a better translation for Song of Songs ever, ever? Oh, no. it, it really no. taps into the core of the book. Oh, right. Okay. So there is something, um, okay, where I think, well, if I say it to you, you'll know. It's it's where it says that there is a, that you're, that there is a, it's about your love, no perfume. Oh, here it is. And you're, here it is. So it's in Song of Songs and it's in um, 410, right? Yeah. And it says, in your sweet yeah. perfume praises, so exotic, so pleasing. Mm. Okay. So, so I'd like to share something that happened because I really think it's relevant because when you read that, we're thinking of perfume. We're thinking of a woman again. We're, so I'm going to pull it out of that context. And yeah. I'm going to bring it into a place because it says, your sweet perfume praises. Mm -hmm. It's the worship. It's not the scent. But worship carries a scent. And the mm -hmm. only reason I know that is because after my father passed away, and I was so filled with grief and I didn't know how to shake it. I said, okay, I need to go and worship. I just knew, I just knew that I needed to go and worship. So I went and, uh, and I was, I was just a mess. I was just my no makeup hair was, I didn't care because when you're in that place, you really don't care, yeah. but I went. And so, so I went there and I said, okay, Lord, I'm just going to worship. Because, you know, sometimes you can go into worship expecting things. I'm a seer, so I see things during worship. But I was like, no, I don't want to see anything. I just want to worship you. And so I started to worship. And as I started to worship, I realized that I could see my hands in front of me. My eyes were closed and I could kind of see my hands. And then all of a sudden, I could see kind of like an aerial view. And I was like, wait a second. That's, that's not my view. Because <laughs> I could see the top of my head, my hands down. But then I saw something, Nick. I saw this golden mist that was coming off of me. It was this golden mist that was rising up and I could see it. It was rising. And then yeah. all of a sudden I saw there was this portal and it was, it was Jesus with my dad and wow. Jesus had his arm around my dad and he was looking at me. They were both looking at me. And he said, he said, Bill, cause that's my dad's name. He goes, Bill, look at your daughter. Look at her worshiping me in her sorrow, in her grief. She is choosing to worship me. And he leaned over and he took the deepest breath. Jesus, he took this deep breath in and all of this mist just went and went up into him. And he went, oh, smell that, Bill. That's pure worship. And he said, she learned that from you. And because of that, you will be rewarded for everything that she does on earth. Wow. Now, so I didn't know. Now, I've read Song of Songs, but, you know, you go through things and you don't see it until the Lord took me a couple of weeks later in back into Song of Songs. And I read that and I started weeping. Yeah. Because we can think that some of the visions that we have, some of the imagery that we have could just be our our own stuff. Why would I ever think that that that, that Jesus thought my my worship was 
smelled good, but it says so. It says so in Song of Songs. So here we can take that a man can worship and Jesus could feel and the same thing could come off of a man that could come off of a woman, yeah, off of a child. Yeah, amen. And take that deep breath in and go, ah, that is pure worship. Do yeah. you smell that? Well, well, worship, worship was happening before creation, right? And mm -hmm. it was already in already happening. And, mm -hmm. and so when God designed creation, I think he made uh, spices mm -hmm. in certain fragrances that would one day be be put into concoctions by his children to create incense oh, that would reflect what was already happening in heaven. And so it's so the incense and the fragrances and all that the spices, the perfumes, it's all it's all a, an earthly copy of something that exists in a more powerful, pure form. There it is <laughs> um, uh -huh. on on in heaven, right? And mm -hmm. but that's a beautiful story. What what a beautiful picture the Lord gave you there of your father. And but what I, what happened is that after I had that encounter, and I, I had a little bit more of an encounter, and I got to I got to hug my dad, and I got to because I said I didn't get to hug my dad, so I got mm -hmm. to hug my dad, and then wow. after that happened, I was back. Yeah, because my it was just my spirit that left. My body, physical body, was there, mm -hmm. but I had this encounter. But what left also was the grief. Wow. I haven't grieved for him since that day. Yeah. And I, it's not that I don't miss him. I miss my daddy. Of course. Yeah. But, but, but it was like. Of his that heaviness was. It was gone yeah. because yeah. when you when you start to understand wow. that God is, is so, um, he's so much bigger than what we think. And, mm -hmm. and, and so, and we can, we can smell in the spirit. We can yeah. smell. So, you know, some sometimes we'll smell, I could smell Jesus. And sometimes he smells like roses when he comes like yeah. the Rose of Sharon. I've encountered that. Right, 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 right. Where the whole, all of a sudden the whole room is starting to smell like roses. Yeah. During Wait. my honeymoon, I encountered that. It was oh, really? amazing. Yes. Ah, okay. Can, can I just, can I just segue just for just one teeny yeah. tiny second? Cause I just want to tell people how I met you. I went to um, I went to go and see Tyler because I love Tyler, and so I went to go and see Tyler, and he was speaking at your church, and I was looking, and and the worship was just oh, the worship was so good, and I saw all the people, and they were on the floor worshiping, just face down, and then all of a sudden, this young man picks, grabs the microphone, and he starts speaking. He's on the floor, like, hey, you know. Oh, the presence of God is so thick. Oh my God, you know, and told, and I'm like, oh, that must be the youth pastor. Cause I was trying to figure out where the pastor was. And then when I realized it was you, my heart just was like, that's a man that I will follow because he understands what worship is. Wow. He's not afraid to get dirty. He's not afraid to put his face down. He's not afraid to surrender. He's willing to worship. So it's not about a platform. It's not about your church. It's about the relationship. That's what you so take care of and and steward mm. so, so well. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you. So I, I just I just had to tell you guys that 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 he is so the real deal. Like he operates and we there's been like supernatural stuff. And I want to talk about the angels like later, but but I do want to go back to this because we're here to yeah. to really talk about this book because I do believe one of the things that I love is it's Eden's 
return. So it's the return of the sons and the daughters, just like in Romans 8. And it says that all of creation is groaning for the sons and the daughters. Come on. Come on now. I got my feet going. I'm so excited because that's what we're coming into. I mean, we're coming back into, um, like, I've even seen, like, Dr. Doolittle things where we start to talk to the animals and the animals respond and we're like, hey, bird, you know, and the bird starts telling us stuff and we're like, really? You know, and this is what the Lord showed me in a vision. And I saw these portals and these, like, because, I, I mean, just like crazy, but I, but it was like, back to Eden. And he said that you will, there are going to be certain people who are going to go back Mm -hmm. to the, uh, to being the sons and the daughters like Adam and Eve, they will be able to walk and talk with the animals because Adam and Eve talked and spoke to the animals. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. We can, (laughs) we can camp there for a while. That's just, Oh, I sure can camp there for a while. (laughs) (laughs) Well, sorry, I'm getting all, I'm getting all flat. I'm getting excited. No, that's so good that the, Mm -hmm. there, there is so much ahead. And you Mm -hmm. mentioned earlier, Lisa, I want to go back to the, the comment you made about transitioning from the church to the bride, Mm. Uh, a big, and you know, a, a very common analogy, but it's something that the Lord, uh, really highlighted for me in this book. Um, was the whole caterpillar to butterfly thing. And that was exactly the imagery of like where the church has been, where humanity has been in this caterpillar state, earthly crawling on the ground slow. But there, the transition that we're in right now is, is the butterfly. And, Come on. and, but what I, what I go into in the book is, is this word for transfigured, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, in the, in the new Testament, this word shows up four times transfigured mm-hmm. shows up mm-hmm. twice for Jesus. Okay. Because mm-hmm. he gets transfigured on the mountain mm-hmm. and two of the gospel writers, I believe it's Mark and Luke, or maybe Matthew and, and Luke, uh, they use that word transfigured. But then the other two times it's used is for us. Paul uses it twice, the word transfigured. He uses it in 2 Corinthians uh, Mm -hmm. 3. When we're Mm -hmm. looking at Christ, it's as in a mirror, and Mm -hmm. we're transfigured into the same image as him. Mm -hmm. Another time this word is used is in Romans 12, but no English translator um, uses uses it. They instead use the word transformed, be transformed Mm -hmm. by the renewing of your mind. But really, Mm -hmm. the word is the same word for what happened to Jesus on the mountain. Oh, come on. Be transfigured. And the word is metamorpho in mm-hmm. the Greek. It's this word where we actually get metamorphosis from. Mm-hmm. And, and anyway, to tie all that together, the beautiful thing about metamorphosis is that you're not changing into something that you're not. A metamorphosis, like the butterfly with the caterpillar, is you're revealing what was already there all along. Oh, come on. That's so good. You're that's just so good. Yeah, that's it. So the butterfly is really just a mature caterpillar that's mm-hmm. that's what it is it's a mature so the butterfly of the bride is really just mature humanity mm-hmm. waking up mm-hmm. sons and daughters manifesting which just means to reveal what's already inside it's just mm-hmm. that's where we're headed it's that's so the, good the unveiling yeah i love that and you know when um when the Lord showed, when he started to talk to me about butterflies and uh, caterpillars, he said, Lisa, he goes, do you see? And he showed me a caterpillar. He said, Lisa, do you see this caterpillar? And I said, yes, Lord. He goes, do you see a butterfly? And I said, no, Lord. And then he showed me a butterfly. And he said, do you see the butterfly? And I said, yes, Lord. He said, do you see the caterpillar? And I said, no, Lord. He said, he goes, 
There, this has to die in order for this to be birthed. Mm -hmm. He said, and once this is birthed, it can't go back to being That's that. Yeah. He, you can't, when you metamorph into something or there's a metamorphosis, you don't go back. You can't go back because right. if a butterfly tried to live like a caterpillar, yeah. it would die. It doesn't work. <laughs> it would die. Yeah. And so right. there are so many believers who Jesus is trying to say, listen, I'm changing you. You're dying. Let, yeah. let the caterpillar yeah. go. Mm. Let the caterpillar go because yeah. that's exactly what happened to him yes. when he left, when he, when he went to the cross, he went into the cocoon because they wrapped him in the swaddle, right. they wrapped him back up. Yeah, they simple. put him into the cave, Yeah, which is kind of like the cocoon. The chrysalis, right? cave, the yeah. chrysalis exactly. And then all of a sudden, boom, three days later, he comes yeah, right. out and he's like, Pya! You yeah. know what I mean? And he even he floats like a butterfly. <laughs> yes. Yes. See, and that's that's the thing. We can't we can't go back. I think that that as much as much as the enemy wanted to to stop and block the bride from ever rising up. Yeah. You know, Jesus is like, I love her too much. Yeah. He goes, yeah. I, I am coming for a spotless bride. So yeah. what does that look like? Yeah. What does that look like? So when we read Song of Songs, when we when we look, return to Eden. Yeah. Well, what what was Eden? Eden was a place where there was there was plenty of food. Yeah. Provision. Abundant. Provision was abundant. The gold, the gold in the land, too. The right? Mm -hmm. There's so much in that. There's there's um there's also unity mm -hmm. and there's also my, my, the biggest thing that gets me is the fellowship right. because, because God would come and walk with them in the cool of the day, every yeah. day right. he would come and walk with them. So what are some of the other revelations? Cause I, we just even, we just talked about the title and, and I'm yeah. already like, ah! <laughs> all right. So let's, let's talk about some of the things that, that God has revealed to you. Yeah. Well, to kind of jump right off of what you what you were just sharing there about the um the the church that Jesus has not given up and he won't give up on us on the bridal identity that we have um another thing that I think I more unpacked in the first book but it kind of reaches its fullness in the third um the books by the way are very much standalone like they they follow a progression but this third book here um very much stands on its own it can it can be picked up and read without having read the first two um, just in case people were interested in, in diving into the third one. But um, one thing that I got into in the first book was how a day to the Lord is like a thousand years or a thousand mm -hmm. years to the Lord, I'm, I'm sorry, is like a day. Right. And a day like a thousand years. And so what day are we in right now uh, from the time of Christ's resurrection? We're, we're just at the, the twilight era and the beginning, really the dawning of the third day. We're beginning mm -hmm. the third day. We we're closing out 2000 years. And, and so I believe that the bride parallels the journey of Christ in some ways that like there was this, um, there was really in the early church experience, the fullness of the grace gospel, the full revelation of who Christ was, but there was a death that happened. And Paul warned about this. He talked about that there was going to be a great falling away. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people interpret that as, 
in the future there's going to be this great apostasy and everyone's going to go follow the antichrist and all and and a lot of that that those theories didn't really develop until recent history mm-hmm. uh, really i believe paul was talking about in his immediate generation and within the first 300 years of christianity when it became very romanized and political that there was a there was a falling away and we and and the church literally uh, entered into a cocoon and and it entered into a grave and so we're here now going into the third day and man i think that is the beginning of you know the emergence of 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 the real bride we're in that hour that dawning hour where the church is really we're just at the the first break of light with it but it's going to get brighter and brighter in the days ahead so well what's what's interesting is um when the lord started to sing i i like one day i was you know sitting on my couch during you know whatever that was and <laughs> where nobody could go anywhere we'll put yeah, it that way yeah. <laughs> and i was praying lockdown. and yeah the lockdown and um the lord you know i started to hear here comes the bride yeah here comes the bride and i was like and i i saw a vision and this was a vision i saw that the church was packed and all of a sudden everybody cuz they started the music you know, and so everybody stood up and the door opened and I saw the bride walking and I saw the bride and all and then the entire like congregation kind of gasped because they knew the bride before. They knew the bride before they knew who she was. They knew that she made mistakes. They knew that she was, you know, prostituting herself and doing all. They knew, they knew that. But when they saw her, they couldn't help but see the beauty. They couldn't help to see how amazing she looked. Wow. She was just beautiful. She was so beautiful that it wiped clean anything yeah. that they ever thought of her. They couldn't remember a time that she didn't look like that. Yeah. And what was really interesting is as, as she was approaching, I saw Jesus and he was dressed up in his tux and he turned and he saw the bride and you could see his face. And his face lit up and then I could see him and he winked at the bride. Like I got you. <laughs> and what was really interesting, Nick, that I didn't catch ever, ever, ever before is I realized who was escorting her down the aisle. And it was God. Mm. It was God who was giving the bride away. He is the father. Yeah. He has chosen the wife for his son. And so he is doing this match made in heaven. Yeah. And he's escorting the bride. That is. Is that like. There's no words for that. I mean, that's just beautiful. That's amazing, Lisa. That um, it really resonates, though, with um, with towards the end of the book. I'm going to give away just a couple things in it. But there's so much that leads up to this that I I talk about how like, um, well, I get into the word apocalypse right and Mm -hmm. i don't want to spend too much on this but just just to give some understanding that that word apocalypto in the greek uh that we think of as apocalypse is this this horrible end time you know destruction world falling apart scenario that that word is really the same word from romans 8 where it says the Mm -hmm. uh the whole earth is groaning for the apocalypto of the son of god it's the word manifestation it's the word unveiling and so literally the, the the final book of the Bible is called the unveiling. It is the revelation, the apocalypto of right. Jesus Christ. 
but his unveiling, the, the revealing or the manifestation of Christ is a manifestation of Christ in us because we're his bride. So therefore the, un the unveiling that's happening, just like the bride, right? At that moment of the kiss has to lift her veil mm. you know, for, for, the, for the vows. Mm -hmm. um, that's, that's where, that's what's going on. That's what the whole Bible leads up to. The final book is this unveiling. And so I go into this idea of all of us, like the, we're walking down the aisle of space and time and mm -hmm. space and time itself is all going to pinnacle with the unveiling of the father's gift to his son. The father's mm -hmm. gift to his son is humanity who has been veiled under religion, under spiritual prostitution, under idolatry, under fear, under a false identity. But, but behind the veil, he says, thou art lovely to use good mm -hmm. old King James. He said, behind your veil, you have dove's eyes. Mm -hmm. Behind your veil, I see my son in you. I see my glory in you. Even behind your veil of fear and shame and guilt, I see all of that. And your journey and really the whole journey of the cosmos is to be unveiled to reveal the, the the fullness of that beauty and the fullness of that that divine glory that's oh inside. that's that's so good that's so good and where we what i see what i see in this transition right now is um that more and more are starting to understand their identity yeah they're they're starting to get it they're starting to 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 actually resonate with it for the first time. Right. They're it's like, gone. oh, wait a second. It's right. Gone. Yeah. It is. And so, you know, I keep thinking about that scripture where it says deep cries out to deep. Yeah. You know, and really what I see that is, you know, so many people have these different ideas, but what I see is that it's that deep groaning of the love for for someone. It's that deep groaning, that that groan that grabs you, that pulls you in and says, you are mine. Just like it said in Isaiah, you belong to me. See, we were created. We were a thought before the foundations of time. We were put and stored into the Father's heart for a time to be released into the world, to do what it is that we were called to do. Will people make mistakes? Yes. Will we'll, sometimes we get it wrong? Yeah. But God, who is a God of redemption, who is a God of restoration, who is a God of love, who is the, who is in, like you were talking about the different stories in the prodigal son, how okay. that father went running to see his son, to mm -hmm. scoop him up, to grab him. Right. That is the, that is that love that holds no records of wrong. That is that love that says that love can conquer all. Yeah. Yeah, and it says everything else will pass away except love, love, right? Like at faith, hope, and love will abide these things. Mm -hmm. First Corinthians 13 and, and the greatest of this. So so love is really the end game. It's the end goal of everything. It's where everything's headed. So so we're just we have to expect, every one of us has to expect for a greater revelation of love in the days mm -hmm. ahead. It's just gonna become more and more clear and, and mm -hmm. not some, you know, just some flowery, wishy-washy idea, Beatles anthology of love, like, uh, like the All real you need is love. But it's true, though. They, yeah. they did get it right. They did. All you need is love. All you yes. need is love. They were just looking at the 
tip of the iceberg, right? And, right. and we are in the day of, of revealing the mountain underneath what, yes. what, what people have been swimming in pop culture and love songs. Yes. I, mean, I love love songs. Elton John, like your song, I was, we were talking about that at church recently. Mm-hmm. How beautiful. This is my gift to you, the, the, mm-hmm. the, this song. All of the movies, all of the poetry, Shakespeare, mm-hmm. it's all on the, the, the top of the water, the right. little jagged rocks, but underneath is the mountain, this, this incredible, never so the iceberg, love. the iceberg of love. Yes. The oh, deep, yeah. that's the deep. Yes. Right. That is the deep depth. Yes. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's funny. I once, um, I was once trying to write a blog about Valentine's day. And so I looked up and wanted to get the definition of what love is. Do you know that Webster's does not have a definition of love? Really? Mm -hmm. There is no definition. There's love songs. There's love stories. Love in and of it. Hmm. Yeah. But they don't, they can't define what love is. Hmm. But the Bible can. Yeah. First Corinthians. Yes. Chapter 13 talks yeah. all about what love is. Yeah. That it's patient, that it's kind, that it's long suffering. Right. I mean, if and if you look, if you look at what Jesus did, everything that he did in the crucifixion was a display of love. Every part of it. It was love manifest. It was, mm-hmm. the, it was, this is how the love of God was revealed. It was, yeah, through when he laid down his life. And oh. and as he was even walking to the cross. Yeah. Keeping love as his, keeping his eyes fixed and focused on love. Yeah. Because if he lost his love, the crucifixion would have meant nothing. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. One, one thing I get into in this book with um, part of the song, there's this uh, procession that you see, and it's actually back in the third chapter of Song of Songs, but I, but I bring it back up in this, mm-hmm. in this last volume where she sees the king crowned on the day of his wedding. You remember mm-hmm. that part in the song where this is, this is, uh, you know, the King Solomon coming in his wedding caravan and, mm-hmm. And um, surrounded by 60 men with a sword. And and it says, this is the day that his mother has crowned him, the day of his wedding, the day of his gladness of his heart. And what the Lord showed me is that the mother, so he gets crowned by his mother. And it says, this is the day of his wedding, the day of his gladness of heart, right? Well, um, the mother in the song, I started to connect some dots and just uh, Holy Spirit just opened up something beautiful there that the mother is a very clear symbol of Israel. And mm-hmm. it would be too much to explain why that is. But a, a lot of commentators from Mike Bickle to Watchman Nee to tons of people who talk about the mother in the story represents mother Israel from which mm-hmm. we came from the loins of Israel. Mm-hmm. Anyway, his mother Israel crowns him. Now, what happened at the cross? Jesus was crowned with thorns. Yep. yep. And, and I, I began to see that this, again, is a parable. It's a hidden in, the, in this story of King Solomon's wedding is actually a picture of the procession of Christ being crowned on the day of his wedding, his union with us. And so I go into how the blood was shed, which in the Jewish mindset, marriage is meant to be consummated with blood. It's biblically, it's supposed right. to be uh, the, a virgin birth. Uh, I'm sorry, virgin birth. A, a, a virgin con- consummation, <laughs> and there's there's I don't need to go into the details, but there's right. blood involved right. in that, and and there was a shedding of blood to seal the covenant of marriage and the shedding of blood at the cross. So anyway, the cross was a wedding ceremony. It was actually, mm. and and it says the day of his gladness, just yeah. like in Hebrews, it says for the joy set before him, 
set before him, he mm-hmm. endured the cross. So the cross was actually a, uh, to, to, to heaven's eyes, it was a day of celebration. Right. On the earth, it was horrible and gruesome, but that was this beautiful thing where God took our mess and he turned it into the most triumphant and most beautiful day ever. So it's all a wedding story. The whole Bible from the Ark of the Covenant to Song so of good. Songs to the cross, the gospels, to revelation. It's all a wedding. It's, it's what so it's all about. <laughs> it's so good. Okay. So I, I just had an epiphany just, just like a couple days ago where when Jesus was, um, was bleeding in the garden of Gethsemane, right. It yeah. said that he became so anxious that, that he was sweating blood yeah. and what the Lord showed me that that was the pressing for mm. the wine. Mm. Yes. Right? That was the wine press. That was the wine press. I yeah. was like, oh my gosh, that's so good. I was so yeah. excited about that. It's in there, Lisa. We're on the same, we're tracking. We're, on the same we're way. tracking. Like, I get See? into the wine press. Yeah. The that wine press. The one that, and because he was crushed for our iniquities. Mm-hmm. So there was, a, and, and wine is created through, mm-hmm. through crushing, pressing the grapes, right? And it releases mm-hmm. this sweet, bl- the blood of the grape is the, yep. is is the wine that's the blood of the of the organism of a grape it's and that's and that was the whole thing is that you know isn't it funny how the first miracle that jesus did was turning water into wine and the last thing that he did is he he left his wife he he poured out water and wine the Mm. very last thing he did when they stabbed him oh my goodness that's good yeah, well, that just came. The water and blood. The water right? and wine. The water into wine. Oh, man, that's good. Right? Come on. Come on. That was really good. All of a sudden, it was like, where am I going? Oh, that's where I'm going. <laughs> but right? Because wow. it was the water into wine. That was the first miracle. Yeah. And so the last thing before they took him off the cross was the water and the wine. Oh, my goodness. And, you know, it's, you know, that's incredible. And and what's beautiful, too, I get into the whole the, the, the Jewish wedding ceremony. There's so mm-hmm. much in the in the Hebrew culture, right? Mm-hmm. Act with glory and uh, and meaning and, and revelation. And, and there's two cups. There's two cups of wine involved between the bride and the bridegroom. And um and so I think there's even something there. We'll have to explore it more, but there's something even there about, because it starts with a cup, with the betrothal period, the bride-to-be yep. is supposed to receive a drink, the cup. But then when the marriage is consummated, right before they it's consummated. Crush the cup. They Yes, and they, that's what they do today. Yeah, and I don't know if they did it back in ancient times, but they drink that cup again. They take mm. it for a second time. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, and today in Jewish weddings, they they they, they break it up and they break it. Mm-hmm. And um, but yeah, I wonder if there's something even in there of the wine from Cana and the wine poured out at the cross. Of uh, oh, that's so. Good. Maybe yeah. there's another book. Yeah, well, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> there might be another book. I'm telling you, all of a sudden, it's like God has been showing me about so many different things about the wedding. Wow. It really has me in this place. And he was really talking about that Jesus, you know, we see Jesus as our best friend right. and we see Jesus as our brother and we see Jesus as our savior, but we don't see him as our husband. Yeah. That's where God is, is really putting me in. He says, because if you don't understand who you're about to marry, how do you wake up the bride? Wow. Right. Right. I'm like, absolutely. Okay. And so there's this like shifting. Yeah. Because he's trying to woo the bride. 
yeah. right now. He's trying to woo and saying, hey, you know, <laughs> yeah. I got something for you. <laughs> yeah. You know, why don't we have a conversation? Why don't you yeah. let me take you out to dinner? And that's where this, a lot of people right now are in this place of intimacy that they've never been in before. And to some people, it's making them so uncomfortable. Right. Because like, like my relationship with Papa, my relationship with God, the father, pff, that's easy. But to to then and even the Holy Spirit, I can I can hang with the Holy Spirit. We can go have fun together. I, I let the Holy Spirit comfort me. But then there's that other place, that that place of intimacy, that place of the bridal chamber, you know, because yeah. that's what Song of Songs is. When you start to read about it, this is about taking you and bringing you into this bridal chamber and showing you the affection, the love, the desire. Yeah. Without, without trying to, um, but being gentle, being a gentleman. Yeah, that's good. That's good. You know, and to en encourage people too, li listening to this and this, the, you know, hearing this deep vision and call of intimacy and just the, the vulnerability involved in that and just the uncomfortableness. Um, what, one thing that's beautiful about the song in the beginning of the song, the bride in the story, who's not really fully the bride yet, or hasn't stepped into that yet. Um, she, you know, she's, she compares his love to wine. She, she, she's mm -hmm. yearning for that love that's mm -hmm. pure and good. And we all know mm -hmm. Jesus is perfect love. We all know he yep. knows how to love. He knows how to lay down his life. He knows how to be vulnerable. He, he, mm -hmm. he laid it all down at the cross. He showed us perfect love, but we, you know, we look at ourselves and we feel like, man, I fall a billion times short of that kind of love. When I think about my day-to-day -day life. I think about my struggles and all this stuff, but what's incredible in the journey of the song, the bride, mm -hmm. as you know, she starts off wanting the wine of his love. Then all of a sudden Jesus starts calling out the wine inside of her. He mm. calls out the fact that, you know what? I have put my love into you. Like, mm -hmm. like you are capable of love. <laughs> mm -hmm. You, this is, this is, you're made in the image of love. It's who you are. Like, mm. again, that veil over our lives is a very thin thing. It's it's not real. It's not. It, Jesus sees right through the veil of our insecurities, the veil of our shame, the veil of our selfishness. Even even that, you could feel like selfishness can feel like a brick wall, mm -hmm. you know, uh, like concrete wall that you just can't break. And yet mm -hmm. Jesus says, no, it's just a thin veil. That selfishness mm -hmm. is really just fear. It's really just you don't know how good you are and how good I am because mm -hmm. <laughs> you're made in my image. So anyway, I just say that to encourage people that that ability to love is inside of us. It, by grace, we can enter into intimacy. It's not reserved for some super spiritual, you know, person who prays and fasts all the time and does right. crazy, has visions every third hour. And, you know, this is for every single individual on That's the planet, right. no matter what, it's in you to experience his love and to give it back. So see, and the other thing too is is um if you look in Song of Songs, the, the thing that she says is draw me into your heart. Right. Everything is about the heart, everything is about the love, everything is about pull me in deeper, come in closer, you yeah. know, give me, you know, it even talks about in the very the big, you know, let him smother me with his kisses, you know, because yeah, what was Adam? Adam was the first kiss. Yes. Adam was the first kiss. Yeah. The breath of God. Yeah. That kissed man. Right. So, you know, again, it, it's, it's this beautiful, beautiful imagery to stir things up inside of us. We were made from a kiss.
It, we were made from a kiss. Right. I love that, right? Yeah. So, and you know what's so funny is I, I, I well, not funny, but I've had um, this guy, Micah Turnbow. He um, has incredible encounters with the angels and has been mm -hmm. to heaven many times, kind of like Kat Kerr. And what's so cool is he, I said to him, because the Holy Spirit was saying, ask him where his favorite place is. And I said, well, where is your favorite place? And he says, inside the Father's heart. And, and he said that because inside the father's heart are the babies. And so what the father does is he pulls out the baby and he looks at the baby and kisses the baby and tells the baby what the destiny is before he knits it in the mother's womb. Oh and what's so beautiful about that, Nick, is <laughs> I, I heard that on Tuesday. Okay. And then um, on Wednesday, Kat Kerr was doing her thing with uh, Steve Scholes, you know, on the Elijah list. And she says, in the father's heart are the babies. And he kisses them. I'm like, oh my goodness. Get wow. the heck out of here. Wow. Get the heck out of here. Wow. Are you kidding me? You yeah. know, so God is constantly confirming. He's confirming so many things. He's saying, yes, that my, that I kiss you before you leave me. And then I kiss you when you come back to me. Wow. Oh, that's amazing. That's right? amazing. Oh my goodness. And you know, it's, I don't know. I, I, may, maybe this is off subject, but you yep. know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm doing a teaching right now with our church. We're going through the book of Colossians and I love mm -hmm. Colossians. And I always explain that, that I wouldn't understand the song of songs if it wasn't for the book of Colossians because uh -huh. Colossians has like the highest level of Christology in the Bible. And, mm -hmm. and the song of songs is filled with Christology. Anyway, in in Colossians, it says that through the cross, we've been restored to innocence. Mm, that's we've been so restored good. to innocence, and so we're and and that's that's that is that innocence that we had in the Father's heart before any of the corruption of this world, before any of the things we went through, before any trauma. God, God, God had us in this place of perfect innocence within His heart, and Jesus restores us to that, and that's part of the journey of, of the bride is coming in. That's part of the beauty. Lisa, that you saw of like the world being stunned, people being stunned by the beauty of the bride, even though all of these horrible things had happened. But part of that beauty is going to be a restoration of innocence. Yes. And, and, and it's an innocence again, that's already inside of us that was there, that was kissed into us from, so good. from the dawn of time. I just that's, had to say that. that. That is so good. And, you know, when we, sometimes we can dismiss we can dismiss ourselves and we can say, yeah, I don't know if I'm part of that bride. I've done this. I've done that. I've done this. And just like you said, you know, God is the God of restoration. And with one, honestly, when you accept Jesus, like, it's just like phew, gone. Right. It's gone. Right. You know, it's like that's. And so God doesn't see you. And when we, when we actually, um, think about how we are able to approach the Lord. We don't actually approach him by ourselves. We literally are going in through Jesus. Mm -hmm. Jesus is the only way to get to the father. So when we approach him, we actually step into Jesus in order to be seen. So when the father sees us, he sees us through a, through a Jesus filter. And so he's looking through that Jesus filter to see us. So when he sees me, he yeah. sees me through his son. Yes. <laughs> and so, so it's almost like God wears these like Jesus glasses. Yes. 
you know, the like how they say rose colored glasses. Well, he wears Jesus colored glasses. Yes. Because every single color. person that he sees, he yeah. sees through his son. He yeah. sees through the blood. He doesn't see your iniquity. He doesn't see your transgressions. He doesn't, all he sees is the love from that kiss that he and, gave you. Yeah. And placed you inside of his mother's womb. Right. Your mother's womb. He just sees that. Yeah. And isn't it interesting that, you know, even when we're born, there's blood. Right. Like if you really go back to it, like yeah. any time that there is a new creation, yeah, there is birth. I mean, uh, there is blood there. in everything. Yes, in everything. Yeah. So when we when we even look at when when things are being born, there's always blood. There's there. always blood. Yeah. Because there's something new that's being born. Yes. And so when we become born again, like they say, you know, unless you are born, it's born of spirit. Yeah. It's born of truth. It's born of the blood. Yes. That's really what where we come from. Yeah. But, but we don't have to keep going through it. Yeah. Jesus went through it once. That's all he needed to do. Yeah. He didn't need to do it six and seven times like some other religions say that they have to do. They have to do things over and over and over. And Jesus is like, it is finished. It's finished. That's the beautiful. It's done. Crescendo. Right. And so when you when you look at at everything, the love story of Song of Songs, you know, of Colossians, of the yeah. what what Jesus endured for us. Yeah. That God had a plan. Yeah. And he has a bride. Yes. And he has a wedding. That's it. Right? That's it. And okay. everything is headed towards that. Yeah. So everything is heading towards that. So so what do you think? Do you think I'm going I'm to tap on some of your prophetic? Um, so what 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 is it that God is showing you? Because I feel that there's this big shift. I feel it's so strong, so strong that we're about we we've been shifting, but I almost feel like we're shifting into high gear. Mm -hmm. So what am I feeling in terms of what the Lord is doing and that sh the shifts that are happening? Yeah. Um, oh my goodness, Lisa. I think um, I think we could just keep unpacking this bridal thing and in, in how it affects every sphere of society. Mm -hmm. um, because it's it yes, it starts with our identity and it starts with us knowing that we're innocent, we're beloved. But what does it look like when you have people on the mountains of media, on the mountains of, of government and education that are walking mm -hmm. in that kind of revelation, right? Mm, oh, Jesus, on. I feel. Come on. I told you. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. Just uh, feel his presence. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. When, when we start exhibiting those lovely feet on the mount, mm -hmm. how lovely on the feet mm -hmm. are the feet of those who bring good news on the mountains, mm. the mountain of government. Mm. Um, there, yeah, there's this, this um, awakening to identity is just the beginning that the church beginning to come into alignment with, with the gospel, really. I mean, cause the gospel is not just this like, okay, say a sinner's prayer and you get to go to heaven when you exactly. die. No, mm -hmm. no. The gospel is, is heaven coming to earth in mm -hmm. you through you it's restoration to your true and original identity in Christ all of that so when that when the church begins to step into that the church you know I, I use this analogy in the book too of the of, of the menorah um, and I, I overlay the menorah you know the, the the menorah got it in my office right here and I got this in Israel a couple years ago 
Mm -hmm. and, uh, it's a cool story, but I'll, 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 I'll save it for another time. Um, you know, I overlaid this over the mountains mm. because you got this, you know, the whole seven mountains of culture mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. big, big teaching throughout the church for the last 50 years or so. It's going on about 50 years, this understanding of these different mountains of society, the arts and entertainment and media and uh, family and business, right? And, you know, Jesus said that the menorah, the, the lampstand is the church. And mm. And so the center pipe, right? The center pipe from which the all the other branches flow, and I'm, I'm getting to the really answering your question here. Um, the center pipe is the church. So the center mountain is is the bride. The center mm -hmm. mountain, if you were to use this image together with the seven mountains of culture, it's the uh, it, it's it's the awakened church, right? And and so from that. In the, in the visions you see in the Bible of this menorah, this lampstand, all the other branches get filled with oil from the center pipe. The priest would put oil in the middle one and it would fill up and go into the other branches and cause them all to light up on fire. And so what, what the Lord was showing me is that the seven mountains are gonna light up. They're gonna come, they're gonna burn with the glory as the center, as the, as the church awakens to her identity, that oil, is going to overflow into every arena of society, and um, and it's going to shift things dramatically. It's just going to shift um, our entire understanding of of business and education. So I, I you know, I, it's it's a it's a new era. We're entering into a totally new yep. season. But it all goes back to the the identity issue. You can't have renaissance revive all these buzzwords people love to use reformation renaissance transformation of society you can't have any of that if we're not awakening to yep. our union with christ yep 100 percent, 100 percent. and that's why i believe that there are um, just like you know with me like i i have my identity conference which yeah. you know which is daddy's girl but i yeah. believe that there's going to be this this identity that comes out for men you know, that's, that's like the next thing that, that yeah. God's been kind of talking to me about. Cause I don't know, all these guys want to come to daddy's girl, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but yeah. that's, so that's like where we are right now. And we're, we're coming into this, this place, because as, as you were saying, Nick, that, you know, times are, are going to get to what I saw. I, I saw the Lord, like put a, a line in the sand. Mm -hmm. And he said, if you are for me, you will step next to me. Mm. And if you're not with me, if you're not standing next to me, then you are against me. Mm. And what it's going to do is it's going to show people who he really is, not from a judgment standpoint, mm -hmm. but from a place of, I see your choice and I'm going to love you regardless of how you choose yeah. with an invitation to always step back over. But yeah. we're in this season right now, especially for for believers, that we we I believe are the ones who are going to be judged. It's not the sinners. Mm -hmm. Jesus sat with the sinners. He was the one who was judging the Pharisees. Yeah, and that's where I kind of feel we are. So it's like if we don't have that personal relationship, where it comes back to that that word where it says, you know. Um, you know, Lord, Jesus, didn't I do this? Didn't I do this? Didn't I do this? And Jesus says, depart from me, you workers of iniquity, for I never knew you. Because there is this part that there is a, um, 
just like with angels. Angels know who God is. They were in heaven, but they still had a choice to leave. And yeah. God will honor our choices regardless, even though it breaks his heart. Yeah. And so what I really believe right now that it's so important because when you are getting ready, if you are the bride to be, okay, all you do is you talk about your wedding. Mm -hmm. That's all you do. When you're getting ready for your wedding, that's all you do. Women just talk about their wedding. They talk about their dress and they talk about their shoes and they talk about the, we got the flowers, we got this and we got that. It's a, that's all they talk about. And so you have to deal depending on how long the wedding, you know, preparations are, you know, but it's always about that. What if we as a body started to, started to talk about the wedding, the excitement of the wedding, the excitement of being the bride, the excitement of walking down the aisle, the excitement of the culmination of the, even the wedding night. What if we took that stance as opposed to beating people with the Jesus stick? Yeah. Yeah. It would revolutionize a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And I, I agree with you completely on the fact that the judgment, you know, begins with the house of the Lord. Mm -hmm. and, but, you know, and you brought up how the Lord was really the, the harshest, the strongest towards the Pharisees. But uh, one, one thing I'll add to that is how he says in John, the in the gospel of John, the, the he makes a comment. Jesus says, I'm not going to judge you. Um, he says, Moses, in whom you've put your trust, the law, your, your legalistic structure is actually going to judge you. Mm -hmm. And so, and it just goes back to further your point about God honoring our choices that it's really, it's staying in that place of legalism, choosing to stay in a religious, dead, crusty structure, it, it's going to implode. And, and, and it could look like, quote, judgment from the Lord, which it is, but not in the way that it gets taught, ironically, right. by the religious people. That's that right. God's, God's coming to like, you know, just yep. slam us and beat mm -hmm. us up, you know. But really, no, it's it's G Jesus is over here, like step over that line, step into the truth, really step into the fullness of who you mm -hmm. are and where That's we're right. headed the, this right. way, and enjoy it and come to trust in it and receive this love. Because over here, the other side is just it's just a, uh, a house of cards. It's That's just going to fall. Yeah, it's going to fall. This these the legalism and all of that stuff is going to end up biting you in the butt. You know, it's not yep. going to work out for you. Yep. Um, so that's really the judgment. And that's what I think I, I'm in agreement with you. We're going to see an acceleration of that. And a lot of churches, a lot of communities and places that are not embracing the full, the fullness of his grace and this identity message and intimacy, all that stuff, like they're just not going to survive in the days ahead. It's just not going to, yep. it's not going to work. There's going to be funding sources are going to get dried up. There's going to yep. be uh, internal combustion. There's going to be lots of problems and different things. And and um, and maybe some places will keep going through the motions and they'll just have their meetings and, and they'll keep doing it. I don't know, but it's it's going to be very hard in the days ahead. Yeah. Singing Kumbaya and hoping that Jesus shows up. Just yeah. Saying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so that and that's that's where I really and I'm so glad that you picked up because I didn't want it to be about condemnation. And I trust no, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Because it's not. But it is about choice and it is about your consequences. And there is consequences. For every choice, there is a consequence. Yeah. He, listen, the, I love my kids, but if my kids go and act the fool, I, I, yeah. I, I have to love them being yeah. foolish. Yeah. I have to love them. The love never stops. Right. But there are consequences for every action. Yeah. And so if you are, are in this place where you're like, I'm trying to kind of to see 
you know, well, I don't know, maybe I'm going to step over here. Uh, you know, it, it's like we're in this place right now because I what I've seen is I've seen these like two timelines. That's what I've kind of seen. And I, because the timelines have been parallel, mm -hmm. you know, and, and Satan's been trying to hijack our timelines for a very long time. But yeah. what I see is that when when the split comes, just like with Moses, you know, after he got the Ten Commandments, he got the law. Mm. But if you look at the law, the law is not what everybody thinks. Yeah. The law is about love. Right. The law of, of the Mercy. Ten Commandments yeah. is about love. It's about loving God yeah. and it's about loving others. Yeah. Bottom line. Yeah. If you love somebody, you don't go steal from them. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. If you, you don't murder them. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you love them. That's those are things you just don't do. Right. And so so here we are in this like timeline in there's going to be what I see is this split. And so as people who decide, you know, they're following God, they're going to learn their identity. They're going to grow. We're going to go to the Eden place. We're going to go to those places. But then the people who don't, they're going to kind of stay in this place of not knowing mm -hmm. where they are and maybe trying to figure out how to get back over to mm -hmm. this other side. Because I believe that God is a God who is always looking to redeem, restore. He's Absolutely. always looking. That's who he is. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's he wouldn't have sent his son if, if he wanted to destroy. Yeah. Just saying. So yeah. but I do believe that in these timelines or in this split. Yeah. That we're going to start to see the fullness. Yeah. Because what if what if the church doesn't like there are some people who, who believe in the rapture and there's pre-trib and we go through the tribulations and all that. But, yeah. but this is my question. And this is my question to the Lord. If you love me, why do I have to go through tribulation? Mm -hmm. If I believe in you, if I'm walking with you, do I have to go through tribulation? And if I'm going to go through tribulation, does that mean I'm going to be one of the ones caught up? Because my heart is no, I want to stay here because I want to find the rest who don't know you. Mm. So if you look, if you look at the way that it's been set up, that people who are like, I'm holding on until Jesus comes and then I'm going to be raptured, you know, but who's going to take care of those who are left behind? Mm -hmm. yeah. Does, you know what I mean? So yeah. I, I, I believe that that, it, that whole mentality. That's part of what's, that's part of the cocoon and the caterpillar. The, uh huh. Caterpillar, the caterpillar theology of the last hundred years that 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 is uh, very slow to impact the culture and and very weak and 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 kind of hides in 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 the prayer closet just waiting for the like that right right that rapture theology is the is the caterpillar that's what's dying there's like there's a new butterfly rapture theology that's coming forth which is the fact that I've already been raptured into heavenly places right <laughs> I've been raised up with Christ yeah. and yes there is a physical return of Jesus yeah it says very clearly in Ephesians 4:11 the fivefold ministry that they will keep doing their work there in other words there will there will be pastors there will be evangelists mm -hmm. there will be prophets until we all come into the unity of the faith and into the mature man, the right. fullness of Christ. So there That's is going right. to be a mature, unified bride on earth while evangelism and pastoring is still going on. And it's only then that, that there will be a return of the Lord. So I'm, I'm, 
I'm unpacking my bags, Lisa. I am good. So am I for a while and, and see heaven come and manifest from the ground up. And that's what I, and to bring it back to the title of the book, Eden's return, that's what it's about. It's the fact that like, there is a, there's an underground water source all around us. It is there, there, there's going to be a garden blossoming in the midst of the wilderness. And, and it's Christ in us that mm. that is the hope of glory. Mm. Did you catch the the difference there? And I, and I have to you know give credit to to uh, Dr. Brian Simmons um, for sharing this. That the the scripture in Colossians doesn't say that it's Christ in the sky that's the hope mm-hmm. of glory. It's Christ in us that's the mm-hmm. hope of glory. So that's the real right. hope that we have is the manifestation mm-hmm. apocalypse of Christ in us, the sons and daughters of God coming forth. That's the real rapture we're looking forward to. Don't get Come me on. That is so good. See, <laughs> that's why you and I, we can, we can do these things. Yeah. <laughs> okay. This is so much fun. Um, I wanted to ask, do you have just a few more minutes just to answer? A couple of people want to say, are we going to answer any questions? So if you guys have questions really quick, yeah. I might take just a couple and let's just see. Um, I know, I know that you think that evil is winning, but they aren't. God wins. Sorry, it's okay. We because, yeah. well, look, we we can look at it this way: if if evil is being exposed, the thing that I've known, and, and Nick, I'm sure you can say that a demon screams the loudest right before they're cast out. Just saying. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah, that is good. I think that's important to know that st- that as we yeah as we see things happening, a lot of times an exposure is going on, which is leading to ultimate healing. But I would also say too that the, that the news is a really serious problem. That's why we need awakened sons and daughters on the mountain of media. That's right, come on, uh, because because me, the 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 news makes its money off of fear, so it focuses on all the negative. You won't turn on the news and hear about how the fastest growing movement of Christianity in the earth right now is in Iran. Mm. There are more people coming to Jesus every day in Iran than there are in America. Like there, there's a revolution going on of Christ in Iran. It's continuing in China. It's burning through the nations. You won't hear it on the news, but the gospel is toppling Islam. There is, there Mm. are synagogues that are emptying out and you won't know about this because there's so much persecution still in the midst of it. But there, there is, there is an incredible advancement of good. So yeah, evil's happening, but the gospel's advancing. And that's what Jesus said. Well, and you know what? And that's the, that's the whole thing. You know, if you go back and you look, you know, there was evil back when Jesus was there. I'm just saying yeah. there were yeah. demons. He was casting out demons. Yeah. He was, there were, yeah. there were things. They had fake news. They had yeah. the Pharisees telling them the fake news. There were yeah. all these different things. And, you know, look, we, we can sit here and we can nitpick about all the different things that are going on. But yeah. I will say this, that, that, that God does nothing unless he tells his prophets. Yeah. That's that's what he does. That God does nothing unless he tells his prophets. And so his prophets, and there have been voices who have been standing, who have been and still standing on the things that God has said. Because sometimes, you know, there are, sometimes we see in part and we know in part, but we don't know the full picture. Mm-hmm. That's why you always want to look for the confirmation. You always want to look for for God's, you know, uh, thumbprint on the things that he says. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, even though it it, it says, it goes, you know, though it tarries, wait for it. Mm -hmm. You know, this is about endurance, guys. Mm -hmm. Do we believe that God is who he says he is? You know, the, the... 
the uh, Israelites had to walk around the desert for 40 years because they had doubt and disbelief and they grumbled. That's not where we want to be. We want to say, no, we've seen what God did. We yeah. saw it. We've read it. Good. We've read the testimonies. We've seen what Jesus did. We've read the testimonies. We see what we what he is doing because we see it. We feel it. We have relationship. So I don't care what fake news says. Personally, I I don't even watch the news. Yeah. I listen to I listen to the good news. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be overwhelmed by the giants of of media and viruses and vaccines. That's it. Don't look at the giants. Look at the promises. Look at giant delicious grapes that you can't even get your whole mouth so big. Come on. So and that's that's kind of where I feel is that, you know, everybody is looking for their get out of jail card, you know, get out of jail uh a card, right? From yeah, like Monopoly. Sure. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm like, uh, the, the cross. Hello. You got one. Yeah. The crucifix. There it is. That's it. Yeah. Innocent. That's it. Done. Mm. Like, seriously, we stop looking for something that, that you don't need. Yeah. All you need is a crucifixion. You need to understand what the crucifixion was and who it was for. Mm-hmm. And understand that God, that even before the foundations of time, the crucifixion was. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, you know, that that's yeah. that's where we have to live in. We have to get our our peace, our comfort yes. from that, you know? So, um, Nick, I wanted to ask what is going on over at the Almond Branch? Because if people are interested in going and listening to you, because you guys can go and listen to him. Because even though you are open, correct? Yeah. Um, yeah, you're open. Yeah, we, yeah. We're, you know, we're doing the hybrid thing like everyone else. Yep. We have but, but they do do their, they do services online. Yeah, they do services online. So if you are interested, now I did put up your graphic just so that we can get this here. But um, yeah, and that email, I mean, I'm sorry, that website for I, that's Eyes Open Press. So I have a publishing company. That's how I publish the, these three books and several other ones, and uh, have in, have other other stuff on there as well. EyesOpenPress.com. But our uh, our church uh, website is AwakeNJ, as in New Jersey. AwakeNJ.com. www.awakenj. So um, yeah, so we have on right now on Facebook and YouTube. We have to. We have, we have to catch up to Lisa over here with all these other wonderful outlets. Um, but right now we're just on YouTube. We're on that website, uh, awakenj.com. And then we're on uh, uh, Facebook Live. So, um, yeah, you have 10 o'clock on Sundays. There you go. There you go. And that's, you know, that's the whole thing. You know, we want to um, we want you guys to to get equipped. So if you guys are interested in getting this awesome book, there's actually three books, Song of the Ages. This is part three, Eden's Return. So it's going to it's going to give the culmination of Song of Songs. But you can also go back and get part one and part two, which um, and if you also go back into my archives, you'll see that I, I interviewed um, Pastor Nick. A while ago, I think yeah. about both of about the uh, volumes one and two. Yeah, I think we did that. Yeah, so about two years now, two or three years. Almost. I think so. Yeah, you yeah. didn't see it with all the fancy stuff. Wow, it's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so, but this has been so much fun. Thank you so uh, much for for dealing with the technical craziness and. Oh, no, this um, was worth it. 
Yeah, well, I'm so glad. So um, if you guys, again, are interested in finding out, you can go to uh, eyesopenpress.com. You can go and you can find out some stuff. You're writing some blogs too, right, Nick? Yes. Yeah, we have a, yeah, we have a magazine too called oh, Elijah's Riddle. Yeah, Elijah's come Riddle. On. Not Elijah, but his his protege, Elijah. There you go. The double portion one. The double portion one. That's so, it. Yeah, we I'm use that. that. Yeah, that's a subscription. That money actually goes to support Christian authors and media creators and uh, awesome. the work of Eyes Open Press, also a recovery ministry that we started because we want to get this message into the hearts of people who are struggling with addiction. So Elijah's you know, Riddle helps support that. That's elishasriddle.com. So, so yeah. that is awesome. So this was a lot of fun. This is awesome. Thank you so you much. You are so awesome. Your All life. right. So if you guys are interested in getting the song of the ages part three, Eden's return, like I said, you guys can go over, you can go to eyesopenpress.com. You can check out pastor Nick at, uh, awakenj.com yeah. and you can go and see his, um, his awesome Sunday, um, uh, inspirational conversations. <laughs> that's what I'm going to call them. Inspirational conversations. Yeah. So, good. but thank you so much for, uh, for hanging out. Hold on one second. I'm just going to put you on the back and I'm going to say goodbye to you off air, but thank you guys for, for coming on. I hope that you guys have been blessed. I told you it was going to be a great show. I told you that, that pastor Nick is so awesome. He is, he really is. He has such a heart for people. And I hope that this has blessed you. Don't forget tomorrow morning, Crown Chats. That's right, Crown Chats. Let me see if I can even actually bring up. Look at that, Crown Chats, discussion from a heavenly perspective. It happens every morning, 8.30 to whenever the Holy Spirit lets me go, but usually, usually 9.30, but we have a lot of fun. So thank you guys so much for, for tuning in. Make sure that you go and check out Pastor Nick. Make sure that you go to um, to awakenj.com if you'd ever like to check out his services. So thank you guys. I'll see you tomorrow morning and don't forget to go out and touch someone. Good night.